Welcome to the Hardwick Evangelical Church Weekly Podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. And praise God. We're gathered here together. We have the privilege of being able to just gather together. And we thank the Lord. As... um, Kate was saying, and some of our songs also, Christmas is fast approaching. So it's a good time for us to remind ourselves of God's amazing plan to send his son to come into the world and to save us from sin. I don't know, you know, what happens with you, but I know that with the commercialization of Christmas, it is difficult even for us sometimes to not get carried away, and, but we must try to keep in mind the reason for the season, as they say. And I know that in some countries and circles it's not even called Christmas, but sadly the holidays. Well, not here and not today. Today, I would like to speak about God's amazing plan of salvation. I'm going to ask Michael to come and read a couple of verses from Genesis, which are the ones that um, Kate was mentioning. We read from Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 15 and 17 to 19. When the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to them, man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. 
and produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And then we read from Genesis chapter 22, verses 15 to 18. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and I pray that you bless your word today and that you will help each one of us, Lord, open our ears, open our hearts and our minds, Lord, and receive all that you would have us here today, Lord, in Jesus' name. And may it not just go in through one ear and out the other, Lord. I just pray that your word will change us and that we will leave here today changed people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, we've just read um, man's fall and God's promise and then the promise to be fulfilled through Abraham's seed. So I want to just go back to the beginning, chapter 1 in Genesis. I'm sure you're all familiar with these verses and if you're not, have a look at them again. God created the heavens and the earth and all the host of them and us in six days. And he saw that all that he had made was good. And he rested on the seventh day. God gave Adam and Eve, well, Adam really, if you read carefully, one commandment, knowing that they would disobey. He also knew that their disobedience would cost him his son. But he made man anyway. You know the story. Adam and Eve did take and eat the forbidden fruit, which, by the way, is not an apple. We don't know what fruit it is. Immediately knowing that something had happened to them, they were ashamed. They sowed fig leaves to cover their nakedness, and then they hid among the trees when they heard the voice of the Lord coming, walking in the afternoon or in the cool of the day. It seems that this was probably a daily practice. The Lord would come to be with them. And, you know, after all, he had made them to express his love and receive love, have fellowship together. He made us in his image and in his likeness and gave us a free will so that we could return love. We do not know how much time passed between creation, Adam and Eve living, living in the Garden of Eden with God, 
and the fall. We're, we're not told that. Genesis 3 and 9, we just read that the Lord God called to Adam and he said to him, where are you? Don't you know that, don't, don't you think that God knew where Adam was and why? Of course he did. And it was so heartbreaking for the Lord. But he calls Adam because Adam needed to see where he was. Adam needed to admit and confess what he had done. So what does Adam do? He blames Eve. No, this is the evidence of sin, division in their one flesh marriage. So God questions Eve. She blames the serpent. It's always someone else's fault. It's never ours. Notice that God doesn't question the serpent because God knows why he did it. But what Satan didn't know was that God already had a plan to save his beloved creation, man. Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 10. Blessed be God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will and adoption by grace, to the praise and of the glory of his grace, wherein has made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. It's a wonderful passage. Paul sums up the gospel message, basically. But note verse 4 in this passage. God chose us before the foundation of the world. Do we really understand it? We don't. Not really, but we must believe it and try. That's what the word says. He chose you and he chose me before he created the world. Wow. He chose us knowing full well that we would cost him his son, his precious son. And why did he do that? Because of love. John 3, 16, and I've said this before, let, let's not get so used to some of these verses that we really know well that they just 
roll off our lips and we, f we forget their greatness sometimes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God promised salvation and eternal life to us before the world began. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, God speaking, he has saved us who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And in Greek it says, from eternity. Many other verses that inform us of this wonderful and mysterious plan of God. Plan from eternity. I want to go back to our story in Genesis for a bit. We see that God proceeds to dish out the punishment to the serpent first. And we heard Genesis 3, 14 and 15. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. <coughs> um, upon your belly shall you go, thus shall you eat all the days of your life. And this is the key verse. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, he shall crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. Her seed, her seed would be Jesus. And he came and he crushed the head of the enemy for our sake. And you see here, God reveals his plan. He declares war on Satan. You see, it's not Satan who's declared war on God, but God declared war on Satan and on all those who are with him. In other words, his seed. And I, I want you to note that if you're not with God, you're with Satan. There are only two seeds. Think about it. The Lord God proceeds to give the woman and their man their portion of punishment. And we heard. But look at Genesis 3.21. Unto, unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. So before he chucks them out of the garden, he covers their shame. Note why and how. The fig leaves were not enough to cover their shame. I wondered, can you sow fig leaves? It's clear that it was man's pathetic attempt 
to cover his shame by himself. You know, our own works cannot cover our shame or our sin. Isaiah 64 verse 6 tells us that all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. The Lord made coverings of skin for them. He had to slay an animal, didn't he? A lamb? Probably. It must have been. He began to teach them that without the shedding of blood, there could not be forgiveness. There could be no cover for their sin. Yes, Adam and Eve, your disobedience was so serious that an innocent lamb had to be slain. I have often thought how traumatic for Adam and Eve to see this. Don't forget, this was their first experience of seeing death, of seeing blood being shed. They must have been shot. Even now, it disturbs us to see such a thing. It's still not natural for our human nature. Our whole being shudders even at the thought, right? From that time in Eden, the Lord continued to speak in types and shadows, symbolically we say, of his plan of saving and redeeming his beloved creation, man. Genesis 4-7, um, we're not going to go there, but note it and read it after. We see he tries to reason with Cain before Cain proceeds to commit the first murder, his own brother, Abel. And why? Because Abel offered an acceptable sacrifice. Why wouldn't Cain offer the right sacrifice? They were obviously taught that it had to be a lamb. Adam and Eve got direct teaching from God himself. In, page, um, in um, Genesis 4 and verse 4, if you read that, you'll see that Adam offered by faith a firstborn lamb and the fat. This was mentioned um, in Leviticus, the law that was given to Moses centuries later. So they did have teaching. So Abel believed and he obeyed God's instructions. I used to think, well, Cain did his best. If you read it, it says he, did, he offered off what he had produced, the best. But God is a just God. Why would he reject Cain's offering for no reason? Many of us may think that the institution of the sacrifice of a lamb without spots or wrinkle was given in Exodus. But when we study our, our Bibles carefully, we find that God speaks of his plan of salvation and redemption from Genesis to Revelation. Hebrews 10 and verse 7, the son is speaking, and he says... I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. 
God wanted us to become his sons and daughters again through the sacrifice of his son who was like a lamb without spot or wrinkle, sinless, slain to save us from the punishment of death. And he made that plan before the foundation of the world. Galatians 4, verses 4 to 5. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because all of you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. When the fullness, when the fulfillment of the time was come, God sent forth his son to pay for our sin. Jesus came and he did the will of the Father. He died and rose again so that you and I could be redeemed and restored back to God. Going back to Ephesians 1 verses 3 to 7. You can say it now and really praise God. Think about it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will and adoption by grace, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. From Genesis to Revelation, when his plan of salvation and redemption of the whole creation will be completed. Because the Bible says that even creation groans under the sin of man. There is coming a day. The Bible speaks of a day when it's going to happen. Um, as Kate was saying earlier, we live with the hope. Revelations 20, Revelation 21, verse 1 to 5. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Hallelujah. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. <clears throat> And there shall be no more death, 
neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. <coughs> Finally, I'd like to speak about something that um, I, I hope it blesses you as it did me when I found out. God, in Genesis chapter 5, God gives the generations of Adam. And obviously these are not all the names of every descendant, but an interesting sequence of ten, from Adam to Noah. And you know, the Hebrew names always have a meaning. So here goes. Adam, man. Seth, appointed. Enos, mortal. Canaan, sorrow. Mehalalel, the blessed God. Jared, came down. Enoch, teaching. Methuselah, his death shall bring. Lamech, the despairing. Noah, comfort and rest. The meanings of these names. And so it reads, man was appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God came down teaching that his death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. If these names were in any other order, they would not make sense or give this message. Right back there in Genesis. The whole Bible is God-breathed and it contains his wonderful plan of salvation for you and for me from cover to cover. You and I who have believed and accepted Jesus and follow him are blessed and should give thanks. It's worth every moment we try and read and study But you know, if you haven't accepted him yet, and I mean a step in your life, regardless of what you were born into, whether it was a Christian family, whether it was in the church, whether it was any, any religion, anything, regardless of that, there comes a time in each one of us in our lives at some age where we have to say, I acknowledge Jesus, that you died for me personally, for my sin. You paid that price for me. And that is the time when you say, forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me from all my sin and come into my life and help me to have you as Lord of my life. That's the moment that you belong to his seed. That's the time that you become a son or a daughter. And if you haven't accepted him in that way yet, you can do it today. 
because today is a day of salvation. And now, right now, is the time. And all you have to do is repent and ask for forgiveness and make Jesus Lord of your life. He loved you and chose you before the foundation of the world. For more information about Hardwick Evangelical Church, please click the website link in our bio.